Good morning. My name is Stuart Davidson. I'm the pastor here at Eastern Shore Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. You can learn more about our church by visiting our website, www.myesbc.net. Of course, if you would like to visit us on a Sunday morning, you'll see that we have life group classes or Sunday school classes that start at 9 a.m. And our service starts every Sunday at 1010 a.m. Come by and see us. God bless you. And I hope that you are motivated to look more like Jesus through today's podcast. Good morning, Eastern Shore Baptist Church family. Uh, I know that this is a strange situation that we have found ourselves in. And I want to say Thank you for tuning in uh, via YouTube uh, for this broadcast, and I certainly hope that it adds uh, to your Sunday morning. I know that we're going to be worshiping together, even though we may not uh, be officially together. I do want to remind you about our Annie Armstrong uh, Easter offering. Easter is coming, and our goal is $8,000. For those of you that may not be familiar with Annie Armstrong, of course, uh, that is our annual Easter offering, and every dollar that you give to this church goes straight to North American missionaries, uh, those uh, missionaries that are serving in Canada and, of course, here in the United States. And so I would encourage you to give. Uh, of course, you probably saw the video earlier uh, where we gave you some instructions on how to give. Of course, you can uh, mail a check in to P.O. Box 128 right here in Daphne. Uh, or uh, you can also give online uh, if you go to www.myesbc.net backslash giving. That'll take you to our giving site and you can give there. Of course, during these days, your giving is very important. And we certainly hope that you'll give not only to the church, uh, but also uh, to our North American uh, missionaries uh, that are serving as well. So this morning, if you would like, you can open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. We're going to be looking at verses 34 and 35 today, and as you turn there, about nine years ago, my family moved to this area, and for years, I had been living in central and north Alabama, and I had visited the Gulf Coast a number of times, especially on summer vacation and spring break over the years, but was really unaware at the different culture that existed down here in South Alabama and the lifestyle uh, that South Alabamians had that was until I moved here and driving on the eastern shore I began to notice that there were several bumper stickers and car tags that read the salt life and chances are you've seen those bumper stickers as well and at the time I didn't exactly know what the salt life meant I, I didn't I didn't understand the philosophy that was behind it of course the salt life is a way of life for South Alabamians. The salt life is a philosophy for individuals who really enjoy surfing and boarding and all things relating to the, to the Gulf Coast, uh, to shorelines, to waves, to oceans, to bays, and people who live this lifestyle and support the philosophy generally stamp those stickers and bumper stickers and tags on the back of their cars and trucks and, and SUVs. And you still see them even today, nine and a half years later of living on the eastern shore. And I still see these salt life stickers and they seem to amplify as you get closer towards the Gulf Coast, to Gulf Shores, and to Orange Beach. And friends, this morning, I want to ask, is it possible that we have really missed the boat when considering the lifestyle and the philosophy of the salt life? Have we missed what Jesus uh, actually coined the salt life some 2,000 years ago? Did we miss the boat on all of that? And Jesus states in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he says, You are the salt of the earth. 
But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And Jesus says that his followers are to be the salt of the world. And I'll be honest with you, what does that even mean? And how in the world can you and I be salt in today's living? And today, let's answer the following question. Is the salt life, is it a trite slogan or is it a timely standard? Is it something that we just stamp on the back of our cars and our SUVs and trucks? Is it something that automatically associates us with with living down here in South Alabama, the Eastern Shore, Gulf Shores, and Orange Beach? Or is there a spiritual element? Is it a, a principle that we ought to be living a daily standard, if you will? So this morning, I want to give you the background and context of Luke chapter 14, verses 34 and 35, just two short verses. And remember now that Jesus is moving in the countryside. He's going from village to village. He's teaching along the way. He's turning his gaze towards Jerusalem, towards crucifixion. He has been meeting with his followers, and he has been meeting with Pharisees. He's given some rather difficult teachings about the the cost of following him He's told his followers that following him means that they could potentially lose their most important relationships. It it could mean that they uh, lose their relaxation and their potential riches. And following Christ means embracing suffering and hardship. And now Jesus is discussing that his followers should be like salt. And so this morning, that's where we're going to pick up. Again, reading from the English Standard Version, Luke 14, verses 34 and 35. It says, salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is to be thrown away. He who has ears, let him hear. Now this morning, I think that Jesus wants us to discover salt's three points. The first point, Roman number one, is Jesus wants us to discover salt's properties. Salt is good, but if it has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? And friends, this morning, I don't want you to misunderstand Jesus. He's not talking so much about household salt that we would use to to enliven the taste of our food. Rather, he's talking about the agricultural properties of salt. If you remember, Jesus is talking to primarily farmers and workers, people that would have spent hours and days out in the fields with their crops, tending their, their, uh, their crops. This was an agrarian society. And most of these folks were farmers. They had extensive practice in salt and knew how salt could be used to help their, uh, their, their crops grow. Our salt, if you will, is sodium chloride. The salt in Jesus' day were certainly sodium chloride, but they were mixtures of other things as well. It had magnesium and potassium. It had calcium sulfate, which is also known as gypsum. And some of these uh, ingredients, some of these minerals, if you will, they would begin to dissolve over time while some salt had retained its saltiness. And so what I'm trying to say with all of this scientific mumbo-jumbo is this. The salt that Jesus is speaking of could be used, believe it or not, in the right quantities as fertilizer. That's right. Salt could be used to help plants and crops grow and flourish. 
when Jesus states that salt can lose its saltiness or taste, he's referring to the process in which the compounds in the salt, they naturally disintegrate over time. And disintegrated salt loses the, the proper amounts of gypsum, which changes its contents from saltiness to barely salty at all. And this change in saltiness makes it, it is a less effective as a fertilizer And so when Jesus talked to his followers about losing their saltiness, he's talking about losing their fertilizing properties, their ability to bring life and growth to everything around them. There is nothing worse to a farmer than a salt that has lost its saltiness. Friends, this morning as believers, we're also to be salt. We are to be fertilizer. We are to to help the people and the church and the community around us to, to grow and to flourish Like many salts, Christians have lost their spiritual saltiness over time. Their spiritual properties have eroded. The world invade and and habits take over and sin takes root. And when all of this happens, Christians lose their saltiness. They lose their ability to help others grow. And they lose their ability to help others find their best and greatest potential So this morning, I want to ask you a question. Are you a salty Christian? Are you helping your spouse grow in their walk with God? What about your children? Do your children taste your saltiness in their life? What about work? Are you helping your coworkers? Are you helping them grow and flourish? What about the church? Are you helping the church grow and be productive? There are some people, by the way, that call themselves Christians and they sit in our pews, but the reality is is they've lost a great deal of their salty properties and they're not flourishing. Friends, everywhere we go, we are to be helping to others to, to build, to grow, to flourish, to be remade, to be reborn. We are the fertilizer of the world. We are the salt in our community. And that salt has been installed in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, again, Jesus tells us that you, you are the salt of the world. And if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored. And Jesus wants us to discover salt's properties, but he also wants us to discover salt's potential. Again, go to verse 35. It is of no use either for the soil or the manure pile. It is to be thrown away. And Jesus is introducing us to an uncomfortable medium this morning. It's certainly an uncomfortable medium to discuss in a church setting. And yet, since no one is actually present to hear me talk about it, I suppose it is okay to discuss. Jesus is talking about the manure pile. For the kids that might be listening, the word that has just entered your mind is correct. Poop. He is discussing poop. It's really gross, actually. It's way more, you know, when I was thinking about this message, it's way more comfortable and sanitary when Jesus discusses salt, but now he brings in the pile of, uh, you know, you know what he's talking about. The reference to the manure pile has long been a a source of confusion when viewing salt as seasoning in these pa- uh, passages. Jesus, say, Jesus is saying makes more sense when we realize that salt maintains the fertilizing properties of dung. 
It's, it's common knowledge today that salt can be used to preserve food, but it's also been used as an agricultural preservative for fertilizer from centuries long ago. Salt keeps dunghills from rotting and becoming useless as fertilizer while enhancing the fertilizing properties of the manure pile. And by the way, I'm very glad this morning that Jesus states we are to be the salt and not the manure of the world. Again, the application that Jesus is making is that salt preserves. It doesn't just preserve meat and keep it from uh, spoiling, but it, it preserves our very ability to fertilize the food that grows and that our meat eats. It, it, it allows us to, to grow our families, to preserve our families and our children and our spouses, and it, it allows us to preserve our very opportunity to work. We are called to preserve the church. We are called to preserve God's kingdom. We are called to preserve ourselves from a fallen world. Salt, its greatest potential is preservation. It keeps things from going bad and decaying. It cleanses and disinfects. The Christian life being truly lived out before the eyes of the people in the world will cause them to make a decision about the Christian faith. The more salty you are in the world, the more the world has to make a decision over where it stands with God. Salt has another significant help or potential for us this morning. Salt also kills as stated earlier, in the right setting, with the right amount, salt, salt uh, serves as a natural fertilizer, helping things to grow. It also serves as a preservative, yes, even to a manure pile, but salt also, in the right amount, kills. And that's a good thing. Every week I do yard work. I love doing yard work. I don't have any windows in my office, and so I often starve for sunlight and I love to get out on my mower. I love to edge. I love to weed eat. I love to cut back shrubs. I love to pull weeds. And I, and I know that that makes me super weird. But, but part of my weekly practice is the practice of Roundup. And many of you know that substance. I walk through my flower beds and I carefully spray the weeds I, I walk along the sidewalk and I spray Roundup along the cracks where weeds have begun to grow up. Roundup works just like ancient salt. It kills weeds and thorns and thistles. And in doing so, my yard and my flower beds have the opportunity to grow to their maximum potential. This morning, Brothers and sisters, you are to be salt. You are to be salt that kills the weeds and the thorns in this world. As believers, we stand against evil and wickedness. We stand for Christ. We stand for God's truth. We stand for God's kingdom. We stand for his word. And we unashamedly proclaim the Lord's coming as we stand as an evangelist against the evil culture that we live in today. We, we root out racism, we stand for justice, and we work towards peacefulness amongst our people. We destroy the, the strongholds of the devil and help people to get beyond addictions and abuses. We help those that are in need. Christian salt used properly kills the devil's weeds. Christian salt is used to grow people around us. It's used to grow the kingdom of God and the church, but it also is used to kill the devil and his work. I'll never forget this, but sometimes I have met salty Christians who don't just kill the devil's work, 
but, but also in their zeal, they can inhibit God's work. Are you using your saltiness to grow God's kingdom? Are you using your saltiness to inhibit God's work? I'll never forget it. I woke up on a, on a Saturday morning when I was about 13 years old, and by accident, I had glanced out the window of my home there in Montgomery, and I noticed that the grass in our front yard had turned a, a weird shade of brown. It was mixed in with the green, but there was definitely brown in my yard or in my dad's yard. I didn't really think anything about it. And then later that day, my dad told me to go and, and cut the grass. And so I went out to mow and I noticed that the brown mixed in with the green was actually a word. And it was a word that had, that had been written across the entirety of the front yard of our home. You see, my older brother had gotten on the bad side of some bullies at school. And they gave him a pretty hard time for about a year and late one Friday night, they came to the house, and while we were all asleep, they poured salt all over our yard. And instead of killing weeds, they killed the grass. And they did an untold amounts of damage and caused a great deal of embarrassment, obviously, for my family with the word that they had written all across our front yard. You see, friends, Christians can use their salt inappropriately. We can use our words to help, but we can also use our words to hurt we can use our salt to, to damage one another or we can use our salt to, to tear one another down or we can use it to build up each other. And this morning, I want you to understand, for you to use your salt to grow, to preserve, to help people find their greatest potential in life and to, and to issue them an opportunity to know Jesus Christ because of the saltiness of your testimony there is nothing worse than a salty Christian. Rather, there is nothing better than a Christian being salty for Christ. And I think you can see the difference. In Mark chapter 9, verse 49 and 50, listen to what the apostle says. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? And then he says, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Use your salt to help others find their greatest potential and use your salt to build the kingdom. So Jesus wants us to discover, one, salt's properties. He wants us to discover salt's potential. And lastly, he wants us to discover salt's power. Again, in verse 34 and 35, salt is good, but if it has lost its taste, how shall it be salty again? It is of neither use for the soil or the manure piles. It is to be thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Friends, there is tremendous power in salt. There is truly amazing power. Salt is useful for teaching disciples about how their daily lives and about how they can relate to the world around them. It's useful to preserve. Salt is useful to grow. Salt is useful to kill the devil's works and words. It's useful to help food taste better. For years, my favorite food was steak. I loved good steak and potatoes. My goodness. And then years ago, my brother introduced me to a, a different kind of food. It's a food called sushi. And many of you eat sushi. And there's going to be some that do not like to eat sushi, which is totally fine. The first time I was ever introduced in, uh, to sushi, I did not like it at all. Not at all. I, I did not enjoy it. And I went for years having tasted it once. And I went for years having never eaten it again until I sat down with my brother again. And he said, you need to try this sushi. And so I picked up 
some chopsticks. I popped a piece of sushi in my mouth, and I did not like it at all. And he says, no, 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 you're eating it wrong. And so he, he had a small ramekin. He put some soy sauce in it, which is basically liquid salt. And then he put uh, some wasabi in it. And he mixed it all around. He says, now try eating sushi with this. And so I dipped my sushi in that little small soy sauce concoction. And it was like an explosion. It was amazing. And the thing that I didn't like now transformed into my favorite meal of all time. If I, if I was on death row, I would choose sushi over steak. All because salt was introduced. Salt has transforming powers. Salt can transform yucky food into yummy food. It it can transform an enemy into a friend. Salt can, can transform a dirty mouth into speaking God's truth. Salt is transformative. And friend, you are the salt. God has uniquely placed you in your position in life to be salt and light wherever you are. Salt has tremendous power. In studying for this, uh, this sermon and message, I ran across an article in Christianity Today uh, concerning the subject matter of salt. And the author was discussing the power of salt, and he used an illustration actually from the Philippines concerning the proper harvest of coconuts. By the way, did you know uh, that the Philippines are the largest importer of coconuts to the United States? I did not know that until now. So there you go, a little, little tidbit of wisdom there. But the Philippine, I didn't know this was a real thing, but the Philippine Coconut Authority, they recently released technology guides for farmers in the Philippines, and it says this, that sodium chloride, or salt, is an effective and cheap fertilizer for high coconut productivity. And the guide notes that salt accelerates crop growth and development. It increases crop yield. It minimizes damage to plants and promotes environmental sustainability. According to the guide, the farmers who use these tech specifications ended up having nearly 100% yield or increase in yield of their coconuts. Friends, what if we were to listen to the teaching of Christ like the coconut farmers of the Philippines listened to their, uh, to their guide sheets. Oh, I believe that we would have an incredible, uh, an incredible testimony. I believe that we would see the transforming nature of salt all around us, that people, not only as we live for salt as Christ, but we would see us flavoring the behavior of everyone that we came in contact with. My friends, there is power in salt. Are you wanting your life to be more productive, more useful, more fruitful, more glorifying to God? Perhaps you should check your, uh, your salt intake. Most of us fill our lives with gossip and we fill our lives with chasing fads and relationships. We choose to medicate ourselves with YouTube and TV shows and books. We choose to fill our lives with alcohol and pills and in hopes that we can just numb the pain and and it will numb the world around us. And then we scratch our heads each day and we wonder why we're not happy and why we wonder why we're not fulfilled. Instead of filling your life with those things, I challenge you to fill your life with the salt of God's word, his truth. And remember that God's salt in your life, that it preserves, that it grows, that it fertilizes the world around you, that it kills, and it it, it destroys sinful behavior and adds power to your life. 
Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 says this, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I want to challenge you to be in a, in a tasteless world to be salt. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we come before you thanking you for the wonderful opportunity to be in your house today. And Lord, as we are not necessarily gathered here at this church, we gather through our online presence. And Lord, today we are bound together by our common desire to follow you. Lord, help us to worship you today in a different way. Help us to worship with our children and our grandchildren, with our husbands and our wives. Lord, help us to hold on to one another during these days. And Lord, help us to find hope. Lord, I believe that you're going to do some really phenomenal things, Lord, through this COVID-19 uh, and, and the, the crisis that we seem to be facing. Lord, today, as your people, we know that you are in control. We know, God, that, that you are fully in command. We know that you are seated on your throne. And Lord Jesus, we have faith in you. Lord, bless our people now as we go. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to today's podcast. And we hope to see you again on Sunday morning. Of course, you can also watch our services live on YouTube. Simply search Eastern Shore Baptist Church on YouTube. And at 10.05, our broadcast starts. We hope to see you soon. God bless you. And again, visit our website, www.myesbc.net. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.